full circle. Full circle. Hi, I'm Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. Girlfriend, this is a place where you and I can connect. It's the show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. Family, welcome to another edition of Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. We're going to get into conversation. You know that May is Mental Health Month, and we are continuing the conversation with our guest today, friends to the show, Safe Black Space. Dr. Christy Hagens is a community leader and African-centered psychologist. She is the board president of Safe Black Space and founder. She is an African-centered psychologist and professor who takes a holistic approach to healing mind, body, spirit and community. She is a founding member of Safe Black Space and a trainer for the Emotional Emancipation Circles. For over 25 years, Dr. Christie has focused on black mental health and wellness, noting the impact of black racial stress and trauma on black bodies. Dr. Marja Hunt, Safe Black Space board member, is a Bay Area native and a proud Sagittarian mom of two. She is a licensed therapist, certified sexologist, and a professor here in Sacramento. Her private practice, Essence of Healing, focuses mostly on navigating relationship challenges and promoting love. Her specialties include relationships and sexual challenges, cultural humility, and black wellness. She is currently a board member at Safe Black Space, and embracing your why and intentionality are those foundational components that she pours into everything that she does. And Kyra Christian, also known as Kai, is a Safe Black Space volunteer. She is a faith-based, pan-African, American, black-affirming, licensed marriage, child and family wellness clinician, providing care to children, individuals, couples, and families. She prides herself on being a heartfully centered wellness clinician. Her approach to healing uses a mind, body, and soul approach to wellness centered around the individual's strengths and culture. She is currently in training to be certified as an emotionally focused couples therapy. That is our panel today. We're going to go ahead and get started with the conversation. Good morning to everyone. Morning. Good morning. It is so good to see you here and have you continue helping me in full circle continue the conversation on black mental health. But before we get started with any episode, we always like to have the guests introduce themselves. So I'm going to start with Dr. Marja on my right, and then we'll go from there. Hello, hello. Good morning. Um, Thank you so much for inviting me here. I'm really happy to be here. So passionate about just black mental wellness, um, us and our community thriving. Um, yeah, and I'm excited to get into talking about us and how we can, you know, live better, be better, and thrive. Okay, you gonna you gonna have to inter- you gonna have to introduce yourself. A l- uh, give us a little bit more. Okay. So what you wanted? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a proud Sagittarian. I'm into astrology, so um, very proud Sagittarian. Um, I love working with us, and so a lot of a lot of the ways that I am in my life is also the way that I am in the work that I do and the people that I connect with. Um, I often color outside of the line. So a lot of the ways that I practice and engage with folks is a little bit different. Um, can we cuss here? 
Mm-hmm. Well, you know, oh, okay. we want to keep our license. Oh, okay. So, okay. so um, that, but, that, but that's me. I'm always right. I'm going to ask permission, right? And Thank then you. I'm going to try to color inside the light. So, and, you know, yeah. if a word slips every now and then, it's fine. Okay. Um, I want to actually talk a little bit about, before we go further, just introduce your work in the field of, because you said, like, you're really into, like, sexology and things like mm-hmm. that in terms of therapy. Mm-hmm. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that and how, just a little bit, we'll come back to it later, but just introduce that to the family as well. So a lot of, I think, especially for us as black folks, we are not taught from a young age to love ourselves, to love pleasure, um, even to be able to accept pleasuring others and being pleasured um, in a way that is honoring and empowering to us. Mm-hmm. And so I've always just had an interest in why is this a bad thing for me to feel so good? Um, And so that's one of my passions that I like to focus on is just black love and connection. Mm -hmm. And included in that is sexuality, romance, intimacy, all of those things and how black folks connect. Okay. Well, that's full circle after dark. So (laughs) we'll talk about that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for being here. Kai. Hey there, family. Good morning. My name is Kyra Christian. I go by Kai. I'm born and raised in Sacramento. I am so happy to be here and just share some of the things that I have learned around the way as I'm practicing um, a way of being intentional about us, a way of just really loving us at our core and that real radical acceptance for who we are and how we come. And so I am happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. Safe Black Space is definitely always safe for me, so I'm glad to represent. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And Dr. Christy. Mm, hey there. Um, it's so good to be back with you, Miss Wanda. Thank you for always inviting us to be part of this conversation, right, about black people and black mental health and wellness. Um, as you did the introduction, I'm one of the founding members, the executive director of Safe Black Space. We're a nonprofit that was born out of the tragic killing of Stephon Clark here in Sacramento five years ago. And um, one of the things that that we do as an organization is offer community healing circles for us, by us, where we have a chance to really address some of the issues that impact us as black people and and then to celebrate who we are um, as well. And so I have been about this work always um, in terms of just wanting everybody to be well and healthy and to thrive, but really recognizing that our people, my people, our family, we need um, sometimes extra support or or some targeted kind of efforts to make sure that we're good um, and some things that really align with who we are. And so that's a bit of kind of why why I'm here and what I do. And so uh, glad to get into some conversation with my beautiful colleagues here who do some on the ground work with um, people in in our community. Okay, all right. I'm always happy to have you here, Dr. Christie, and and, and have conversation with you. I wanted to read this. Um, I found this uh, statistic that I thought was quite interesting. So 13.4% of the United States population identifies as black or African-American. Of those, over 16% reported having a mental illness in the past year. That's over 7 million people, more than the populations of Chicago, Houston, and Philly combined. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a conversation that we can have enough. I don't think we could ever talk about black mental health enough Mm -hmm. because we see evidence of struggle every day. Right. So we're just going to hop into conversation here. So let's first talk about 
the work that Safe Black Space does in terms of helping our community enhance and um, have those mental health conversations mm-hmm. and, and how you provide space for, for our community. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll start and then invite um, both Dr. Marja and Kyra to, to hop in. But one of the things that I often lead with when I talk about Safe Black Space is a quote that I heard and just love um, from my colleague and friend, Dr. Theopia Jackson, the previous president of, of Association of Black Psychologists. And part of what she has quoted, another colleague of ours, but, but the basic comment is, not all therapy is healing, and not all healing involves therapy, right? So this idea that, that healing can happen in spaces that don't necessarily require that you sit down with an official licensed therapist and do the work, um, although not to discount that need, um, but to really value and, and understand uh, what we can provide, in particular as a community-based organization that's around building um, who we are up and doing that together. And so um, part of what we do is make sure that we are having conversation in our monthly community healing circles every second Saturday at 3 p.m. online um, that may target some of these particular themes or issues and gives us an opportunity to have both the the modern kind of current acknowledgement of these struggles, but being able to connect them to some of the historical factors as well. So although we don't for example, provide the therapy ourselves in terms of as an organization, we have, as you see here, folks who are part of our team, who are clinicians. And one of the things that we kind of pride ourselves on is having a mind, body, spirit, community resource list. And so on our website, folks can find resources. Marja was instrumental in helping getting it started, and Kyra has helped us expand on that. But basically, it provides um, a list of Black-affirming or Black-owned providers who, who do the work that is related to mind or mental health or body in terms of physical health and spirit and so forth. So we're looking to expand that as well. But those are some of the ways. I'll stop there because I'm sure um, my folks mm-hmm. here have other things they want to offer as well. I think um, for me, one of the biggest things is um, we as Black folks do find healing in community. We flock together. Um, and so providing that safe space for us to not only talk about the challenges that we're dealing with, but also feel empowered, be empowered, and talk about solutions mm-hmm. um, and the ability for us to thrive. And mm-hmm. just having that safe space to be able to say, this is what I'm dealing with day to day, with work, with family, with mm-hmm. community, with whatever, um, for me has been one of the biggest um, impacts that we have mm-hmm. had and one of the biggest you know, it's the only space that I find that I'm in where even though I am there as someone providing something, I also get my own healing every single time mm-hmm. um, because people heal me. My community heals me. Mm-hmm. And just being in that safe space is super, super important for our mental wellness. Yeah. I know for me, I like the way that we always encourage the different pathways. Um, like Dr. Christie and Dr. Marja was saying, like there's so many different pathways to healing for our communities that it's looking different. Like healing is our birthright. Mm-hmm. We get to heal. And so being a part of Safe Black Space has encouraged me in my own personal life to continue to take those pauses to be amongst family and to just really understand that family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I say one more thing? 
So, so another kind of quote, we, we often use kind of proverbs, affirmations in safe black space. And one of them is, um, we are each other's medicine, right? right? Mm-hmm. We are each other's medicine. And so the ways that we come together, like um, Dr. Marsha was talking about is just as a, yes, I'm, I'm the founding member, I'm executive board member. I'm at every single black safe black space and I am giving, I'm helping to facilitate, but I'm also receiving, mm-hmm. right? There's this kind of reciprocal healing process that happens. Mm-hmm. And so we really value that idea and, and, and live that, that we are each other's medicine mm-hmm. and recognizing there's some times in some circles, I'm like, look, y'all, can somebody else take this part of facilitation mm-hmm. or can you step up? Because you know what? I need to receive today. Pour into me. Um, and so it's this, um, it's pretty special. Yeah, yeah. I I want to I love how Safe Black Space allows you to take agency of your own healing journey. Mm-hmm. If you give the resources and tools and you have providers that can work with the community, but really it's up to us mm-hmm. to take charge of that. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think what are your thoughts around people giving themselves permission to really go after healing for themselves? Well, I think for me, part of the model that I live by um, is everything starts with me giving myself permission, every mm-hmm. single thing. Um, and I have the belief that we all have within us exactly what we need to heal. Mm-hmm. Can nobody tell me what I need to make myself well? Um, and so if I believe that and I give myself permission, um, then being able to be in spaces like Safe Black Space, who just affirms that, is like, okay wait, I can't, let me let me take some time off work, it's okay. Oh wait, it's okay, no is a complete sentence, right? I can say no to folks um, <laughs> mm-hmm. to seek my own mental wellness. And so I think that, and physical and spiritual wellness, right? Um, and so yeah, I think it starts with, I'm gonna give myself permission to be great, to mm-hmm. thrive, to seek help from community, from whatever, whatever it is that I need um, to be able to be and feel better, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know for me, I truly believe like all of us were whole. And I let my um, clients know when they come to see me, like you're already whole. We bend, right? Mm-hmm. And we need alignment. And so whatever pathway you choose to get alignment, we empower that. Um, because it, there's not one way. There's so many different ways. So mm-hmm. I really like that about Safe Black Space that it's like you get to be you. Yeah. We accept you for who you are, how you come. If you are having a bad day, we hope we can lift your spirits by just allowing you to be in the space and the skin that you're in because it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important for us to give ourselves that permission mm-hmm. and to advocate for ourselves. And I've seen it, and I've had it in my own experience where I've advocated for myself and then was shot down by, mm-hmm. you know, or I don't want to say shot down. It's not the right right word, and I apologize for that. Um, minimized. Mm-hmm. My experience was minimized. So I tried to step step up, tried to stand up and say, "Hey, something's not right. Something's going on. I'm feeling this way." Mm-hmm. And my provider was like, "Well, you know, it's typical. It's normal. It's normal for you to feel like this or whatever." And I was like, "How is it normal? There's nothing happening in my life that I should be feeling." anxious about this thing or just anxious in general. Um, and so for me, that kind of, for a while there, I stopped advocating for myself because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was being heard. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that that relationship between um, having places. Again, it's like safe black spaces where we have this place where we can advocate for ourselves. 
or do you give people tools to be their own advocate when they're in, you know, looking for mental health resources, I guess is the best question. Yeah, I'll respond in, in terms of saying that part of what we want to do and offer for folks is some so we meet, let's, for example, we'll, we'll meet as a larger circle and we'll talk about some of the stress and trauma that we may experience as black people. There might be a particular theme for that circle that we're addressing. For example, this is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we held our circle last Saturday and we focused on black mental health. We partnered with um, the Living Room, which is Sacramento's African-American suicide prevention um, project and program. And we talked about that kind of as the issue and provided resources. And, and then we break into small circles. So we'll do some kind of large group conversations and discussions, and then we'll break into smaller circles. And that's where we get more, quote unquote, individualized attention, where we can talk with maybe two or three or four other people, either about that particular issue or topic or that mental health challenge or the thing that's going on at our job or in our families and, and get some support around what to do. So there are times where we might get informal or unofficial, you know, counseling or coaching from sure. each other about what we can do. And then as I was mentioning, our resource list is another place. And so as we may get folks who contact us and say, hey, I need a provider, I need help, or this thing is going on with my family or at my school with my child, then what we try to do is um, look for what we might know about in terms of resources, point the person in that direction and support them in getting the help that they might need if we're not the ones who do the work, right? Mm -hmm. okay. And so I would say that those are some really kind of explicit ways that we do that. Um, and I think there's others too. Yeah, I think for folks that do decide to seek the healing through um, the healthcare system, as a lot of us do, and some mm -hmm. folks go through insurance, um, the health system is designed in a way to use, and I'm saying this in quotes, evidence-based practice, right? Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes when we meet with folks that are clinicians of different types, um, they will prescribe what is going on with us and what we need. The truth is a lot of, a lot of those prescriptions and symptoms that they are um, aligning with were created with bodies of non-black folks, right? And so... I think there is both ends of the spectrum in that sometimes it is seen as, oh, this is normal, this is nothing, right? Um, and then other times it is pathologized um, where we're given these diagnoses. Um, I think an example, if you don't mind me sharing, is one of the one of the folks that I was that I was working with, um, a person of color, was seeing a clinician and was talking to them about how they would have experience panic when the police was driving behind them, um, increased heart rate, things like that. And instead of exploring kind of what we deal with as a community, the clinician went directly to, well, is there any reason for you to be panicked, right? Basically exploring, is your license expired? Do you have oh, insurance, yes. right? And it ended with the idea that this person was experiencing paranoia, mm. right? And so a lot of times, some, all spaces are not safe for us. And so being able to advocate and say, you know what, this isn't working for me, right? Um, or asking for race concordant care is very important. Um, what does that mean, race concordant care? So race care. concordant care is, I, I wanna work with someone mm -hmm. that looks like me, right? That is part of a culture that I identify with. 
um, that will be able to create the space for me to talk about the racial trauma that I deal with, the stress that I deal with, um, in a way that can help me feel safer to give myself permission, right, to heal, to mm -hmm. thrive. And sometimes we do it to ourselves, right? I think a lot of folks in the black community, I remember, you know, my grandmother and family members, how you doing? Oh, I'm surviving. And that just is the baseline, right? Like surviving means we're doing good. No, I don't want to survive. Yeah. I want to thrive. Survival doesn't feel good to me. Yeah. I want to thrive. And so you mentioned race concordant care. Mm -hmm. That's something that we use as a tool to advocate for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. I want this provider. I, mm -hmm. I'm seeking a provider that looks like me that can identify with the situation because you went into Dr. Marja the truth about our racial trauma and being misdiagnosed or a possibility of mistreatment because of the assumptions mm -hmm. of someone that doesn't look like us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of the symptoms um, or experiences that folks have that experience racial stress and trauma, it aligns mm -hmm. with PTSD, but is often not explored because the diagnosis of PTSD requires you recalling or recounting a very specific incident in which you were traumatized. But we as black folks know we deal with different forms of trauma every day and every microaggressions day. and right. <laughs> and so if I'm talking to my therapist or my clinician and I'm like, yeah, work is stressful and these folks are saying these things to me, mm -hmm. clinicians that are not culturally humble and haven't done their own work to know, hey, these are these are traumatic incidents, right? Um, and so often it will go misdiagnosed um, or be seen as um, paranoia or it'll be linked to our bodies, right? Oh, maybe if you eat different and all of mm -hmm. those things. And, um, and that's why I think it is important to advocate this isn't working for me and that's okay. Um, it's okay to say, I don't really have a connection with this person. I would like yeah. to work yeah. with someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really important for us to be able to do. And it is okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I think that's important. Yeah. And I was just going to say, absolutely. It's important to be able to do that and ask for that. And then to be able to respond if, as I've heard, um, at least one community member share that when they made that request, like, I want to see a black provider they were told that they were being racist, right? Mm. So it kind of got turned around and they were like, well, wait, why are you gonna ask for somebody black, right? Um, and then that person, again, just being a strong advocate for themselves was able to say, listen, if this was someone who let's, face, let's say was a, for example, a Russian speaking person who, who was seeking services, you would make accommodations to mm -hmm. ensure that that mm -hmm. person had someone who was culturally aligned with them that could speak their language yeah. right and so it's a very similar dynamic in what we're talking about here and so mm -hmm. there's these levels of which we as individuals have to state what what it is that we need and then others of us in positions of power who then have to uh, make sure that these systems mm -hmm. um, are responsive then to the to our needs yeah right? absolutely yeah. Family, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more conversation on black mental health with Dr. Christy Hagens, Dr. Marja Hunt, and Kai Christian. We will be right back after this is Full Circle. Like and share our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5. It's not just talk when you put it into action. Empowering women through conversation with Miss Wanda. 
family, thank you so much for staying with the program. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a wonderful conversation. You know, May is Mental Health Month, and we are continuing the conversation with Safe Black Space today. Dr. Marja Hunt, Kai Christian, and Dr. Christy Hagens, uh, mental health professionals in their own right and part of the Safe Black Space community. Before we went to the break, we were just talking about people advocating for themselves, and I was sharing an experience. That experience that I shared was birthed out of the impact of, I'm going to say the impact of COVID on me, but it wasn't the impact of the illness itself. It was the impact of the isolation from the um, sheltering in place because I lived alone. And so that was really a big thing for me. But let's talk about the effect that COVID has had on our community's mental wellness because I know I'm not the only one that has struggled with that or other things as a result of this COVID pandemic that, that has come upon us. I guess I'll hop in. Um, I know what I noticed is COVID showed a lot of the disparities within our community. There was so much lack. And I mean, we know that um, the mental health was really identified as us really needing to step up, especially like me joining Safe Black Space. Like, how do you be a part of the solution? Because there's so many of us that don't feel safe coming out and saying like, hey, I am here by myself. I really don't know what's going on in the world. Our communities get nothing anyway. Like, how do I feel safe? Where do I go? And so thank you for even thinking of these questions. As I'm thinking, like, COVID did a number on me personally and on a lot of people that I knew. A lot of people stayed home and, you know, just barricaded and were very anxious about what's the next step and what does that mean for me and my community. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in the beginning when there were so many unknowns. Yeah, We didn't know what was happening and yet we're like thrust into this situation that we don't have any control over, mm-hmm. which is really, which can really heighten the anxiety. Yeah. I know in the beginning, something that was hard for me and a lot of folks in community was this whole like, do we even get the vaccine or not, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not trying to be Tuskegee, right? Like, like mm-hmm. keeping it real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is this, and then you have your children, right? I have two teenagers, right? That was like, so what are we doing? Looking at me like, what are we supposed to do? And I'm like, I don't know either, right? Um, But it did, in so many ways, it did do a number on all of us. Um, The isolation, the loneliness, especially for, I know for me and my teen, I have a daughter that's more social and that time was hard for her to not be able to connect with her friends, to not be able to socialize, talking to a screen all of a sudden, right? Um, Yeah even though we are more you know, social media based and kids always having the phone, there still is that connection for a lot of folks. Um, and a lot of us miss that during that time. I remember I used to always comment on, even as a therapist, but as a person in general, I look at people's faces and I read their facial expressions and just being in a store, like not being able to tell if someone's smiling or what someone's expressions are. And that can trigger our own sense of safety, right? I don't know if you're smiling at me, if you're happy, if you're... So just so many different dynamics shifted in a very short period of time um, and just created a lot of disparity, a lot of anxiety, isolation for a lot of folks. I'm going to, before Dr. Christie answers, I want to kind of take a side road and talk about your teen for a second, because you're right. 
teens, especially, you know, they were in high school or, or in school and, and they had a more active life and now everything comes to a halt. So how did your daughter, how did you help your daughter through that, that time? Um, I tried to provide more space for her, for us to connect. Sometimes that meant me telling work no, because I was still working. Um, I connected her with a therapist. Um, I, well, at first I asked her, do you want somebody to talk to about this? Because I don't believe in forcing anybody to do anything. Um, and she was open to it, so that connected her. Um, we tried to do more family things within our house. Um, but at the end of the day, there was still things that were missing for her. Um, she missed her community, her village, her tribe, her friends. Um, and me being an anxious person, I struggle with anxiety. I don't really want your friends coming to the house. I don't really <laughs> want you going out nowhere, yeah. right? And so we allowed, you know, more FaceTime and, you know, her being able to connect to folks that way. Um, but it was difficult and challenging. Sometimes we'd be like, okay, let's just get in the car and drive out to Sonic so that we can get outside, get some fresh air and try to feel like it's normal. Um, yeah. That was, it was a hard time. Yeah. It was a hard time. Yeah, yeah. Teens yeah. had it really rough. And, and the suicide rate for uh, our teens went up during that period. Um, it, it still feels like it's still going up. I, I don't have any statistics, so I can't say for certain. But I feel like that was the catalyst for, you know, more teens to be in a state where that was something that they were considering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dr. Christie, give us your input on how you think COVID affected mm -hmm. our community's mm -hmm. uh, mental wellness. Yeah, well, I would echo everything that's already been said and kind um, of just acknowledge the current impact still of COVID, mm -hmm. right? We keep at some level, I'm like, yeah, we're past it, we're past it, but there's still so many after effects. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think in particular, like around our youth, I mean, everyone, but in particular around when we think in psychology, we refer to like the developmental stages, right? How kids and children and youth begin to learn how to connect to other people, how to socialize, how to communicate. And so much of that has been disrupted um, by COVID for a variety of reasons. So I said when I, when it first kind of you know, kind of came out and we were starting to shelter in place, that was one of my early concerns was like, ah, How's this going to impact our babies? And mm -hmm. so I'm still curious um, about how that will unfold and manifest. And I'm very um, invested in making sure, again, that we're taking care of ourselves the best as we can or re relearning, perhaps, mm -hmm. strategies for how, how to socialize. Um, I was speaking with someone very recently, a good friend of mine, who I hadn't seen in a number of years. I was out of town, and we reconnected, and, and she was sharing with me. She's my age that she was still kind of readjusting to this idea of being out in public and socializing yeah. and what that meant. And so I think that is real. The other thing I want, I really want to make sure that I acknowledge as well is that um, the unfortunate reality is that many of us in our community are struggling with mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And we often talk about um, suicide and the risk for our youth, and that is very real. And yes, the numbers have skyrocketed. Um, in the past few years and definitely since 2020. But what I also want to give attention to is the fact that um, elders, mm -hmm. um, grown people my age, um, I have the unfortunate um, awareness of three black women between in their 50s, I'll say, in the last two months that have ended their life by suicide, like grandmothers, mothers, right? And so... Um, this is real. Uh, so however, 
we may be hurting or being challenged or in a struggle, whether it's ourselves or someone else or that we love, we have to stay engaged and in conversation and doing what we can because um, we deserve to live. We deserve to, to thrive despite right, all the, the madness that we may be experiencing in the world. Yeah. You know, we, the good point came up as we were having this discussion on this topic was, um, you know, we did have this life, then everything was shut down, mm-hmm. and then the anxiety of going back out. Because I know mm-hmm. I felt it, too. I was kind of like, well, I was getting used to sheltering and being alone, mm-hmm. and not now I'm afraid to go out. Mm-hmm. You know, for a period of time there, it was like, I don't want to go anywhere because mm-hmm. am I going to still get sick? And, and even though they say it's over, and I'm definitely using air quotes, the ripple effect yeah. of seeing loved ones die, mm-hmm. of seeing people take their lives, of seeing the increase of anger and things in the world because we're just uncertain. Mm-hmm. It's still like, you know, Dr. Christie was saying the after effects for our teens, just the after, after effect for all of us mm-hmm. in terms of what is that how is that impact going to continue to manifest and how how do we acknowledge that this is what it is that it is a result of the past few years of turmoil not just health turmoil turmoil in general in this country and how that's affecting us and how we're showing up in the world and how we and and what we're using to how those things are playing out and what we're using as uh, ways to self-soothe, if we're using ways to mm-hmm. self-soothe, mm-hmm. or if we're just kind of, this is my reaction, this is who I am, I'm reacting to this. I was thinking this morning, before we uh, move on, I was thinking this morning, there is a gentleman that I follow online, and his niece was shot in Oakland. And a couple of days later, they found the, the person that shot her. And what they said on the news was that he was, she was driving down the street and he shot her and that was it. And what they said was he was tired of people driving up and down the street. You know, there, I guess it's a busy street where he lives and I guess people are, you know, hot rodding or whatever. And he was tired of it. So he just got his gun and started shooting. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that this morning because I'm thinking about this topic. Right. Mm -hmm. What triggers for him made that thing happen. Right. That made that possible that people Mm -hmm. are. And, and, you know, I thought about, too, that, okay, so she's gone and now you're in jail headed for prison and people are still driving up and down. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. understand. But it was to me, I was like, I wonder what those underneath those layers underneath were Mm -hmm. for him. Yeah to make that be his experience and reaction. And so we just have stuff like that. I think for a lot of folks, especially if we're talking about us in our community, we are communal people. And so however we get our sense of healing and connection, be it church, community, work, for a lot of folks, when everything shut down, it forced us to isolate, to be alone. And that's not something that we usually do. But then it also brought rise to having to face whatever challenges, right? If I'm working all these hours and I'm leaving the house and I'm doing this, I don't have to sit at home and think about this stressor or this stressor, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's a distraction, but sometimes it's also a way of coping that's healthier. 
So now you're stuck in your house. All of the resources that you usually have to help you cope through maybe anger if somebody's driving by your house or whatever are gone instantly. And so now some people might turn to substances or taking it out on their partner. There was an increase in domestic violence, right? Mm -hmm. Now I'm taking my anger out of my partner. Now me and my partner are having to work on the issues that we've avoided for so long, yeah. right? Um, and so it just is, there was no outlet. And unless you already had the skills and the tools to be able to turn to yourself inside and how am I gonna navigate this thing that's going on, it's gonna come out. It comes out in various ways. And so I think we did see an increase in anger and lashing out and because I've been stuck in the house with no coping skills, with no yeah. sense of connection for how many years now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know I used to hear people say COVID ruined marriages and I, and I would always say it didn't ruin marriages. It just shined the light yep. mm -hmm. on what was already there. Yeah. Like you said, we yeah. had distractions, things that keep us busy. Even when we had social media and it was growing and people spent a lot of time on it, they still could disconnect to go to work or go to church or go do whatever. They had a time where they disconnected, whereas when we were isolated, that was really all you were doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I was driving down the street. I was driving down, I want to say it was 160, and I saw this billboard of this beautiful black woman. And I was like, that's Dr. Christie. Yes, congratulations you. on your uh, Stop the Stigma uh, being part of the campaign. Mm -hmm. Talk about We just heard a, a commercial for yeah. it, too. So talk about that. Yeah, well, thank you for um, saying that. <laughs> um, and it is, it's a little uh, surreal to see myself up on a billboard. I'm like, wow, that's me, big big head, big head me. Um, but it's interesting, the Stop Stigma Sacramento campaign for mental health actually started during COVID, I wanna say. My sense of time, I'm sure similar to you all's, is distorted, so I can't say exactly when. But the campaign has actually been ongoing for at least a couple of years. So myself, other members, kind of local members of the African-American community here in Sacramento were identified or tapped. Um, we participated in some focus groups around what we thought needed to be happening in terms of behavioral health issues, and then some of the things that we said were, were pulled as quotes, and then we were invited to, to submit images and now be part of this media campaign. And um, so it feels impactful for a number of reasons. Number one, to just have a, a black image and voice around um, these issues is powerful. What they have been doing, um, they have had a billboard version, they've had a bus bus on the you know RTD version, mm -hmm. they've had some digital kind of formats, and so the billboards, for example, have moved um, from various locations across the city. And um, I've had a number of people kind of come up to me recently at mm -hmm. this new location and say, hey, I saw you, <laughs> or send me pictures, and I'm like, yes. Um, so again, being able to get the word out and then have these conversations, right? I, I don't remember exactly what my quote is, but it's something about um, it's important to listen and be heard and be seen. Mm -hmm. and that's our conversation today, mm -hmm. right? How do we listen to ourselves? How yeah. do we listen to each other? How, do we, how can we continue to be seen and get our needs met? Right? Yeah. I like that the billboards move around because mm -hmm. you're seeing, you're being able to touch more people in the community to see that there is someone that looks like me mm -hmm. that's part of this mm -hmm. movement, right? So it's not just in one spot, but it was on 160 at one point. Mm -hmm. Maybe now, maybe the next time it'll be like in Del Paso Heights mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, mm -hmm. so that you can 
touch as much of the right. city as you can mm-hmm. with a face that looks like that I can identify with. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. Have you guys seen the billboard? Oh, I yes. have. I have. And I'm like, look at Queen. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. I think I think it's important to be able to see black and brown faces, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and to be able to see faces that are attached to our wellness and not just, you know, I love my sports, I love my, right? But attached to something else, right, that is going to also empower me to maybe want to go into that field yeah. or make it okay, give myself permission again mm-hmm. to, okay, maybe there's somebody is out, somebody, there is someone out there that I can connect to, right, yeah. um, for my own mental wellness, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it does it does wonders for a lot of different things. Yeah, um, because black healers and clinicians matter. Mm-hmm. However, some of us or some clinicians are not skilled in trauma or are culturally aware. So if I'm understanding this this piece correctly, um, not everyone that is a black therapist or provider can still identify is that is that my understand am i understanding that correctly y'all know the saying right all skin folk folk ain't kin folk (laughs) so (laughs) right yeah but that the idea that there's some of us who may buy into more the mainstream kind of programming and evidence-based treatments and things again not to devalue those sure but that that may not necessarily be aligned with the actual healing that's necessary for us. And Mm -hmm. so that same kind of conversation um, Dr. Marjo was bringing up earlier, being able to do that discernment, to trust your gut, your spirit, if you will, that's like, "Mm, I'm not sure this is the right person for me or the right Mm -hmm. fit. Regardless of what the therapist's uh, skin color is or background, it's like, no, are you able to connect soul to soul Mm -hmm. to literally sit down in um, some level of comfort, and hopefully that will grow over time, but to unpack. Whatever it is that you're going with. And if you can't work to that or have that level of trust, then it's probably not a good fit, regardless who the therapist is. And let me say one more thing. We totally need so many more black providers, um, people, again, who get it, who are willing to to pour out their hearts for each other, for ourselves. And so if there are anyone who's listening or or folks that we know of, right, who want to um, do the work, Number one, what I will say, clinically, professionally, um, to follow that that thread as a therapist, please let us be of support to you or mm-hmm. get you connected. I want to come back to another comment. But the other piece as well is um, in terms of working on the ground with community, right? That's the beauty of Safe Black Space, yeah. that the folks that are here, um, we are clinicians, yes, but um, our village is actually made up of Many other people um, who are not therapists, who are educators, community leaders, faith-based folks, regular people who are about um, spreading this word, creating a movement for health and wellness for for us. Mm -hmm. And that's centered on blackness and African culture and and loving that, not Mm -hmm. devaluing that. And I wanted to add that we walk the walk and talk the talk. Right. And so when you see a picture of Dr. Christie and she's representing safe black space, like we're all doing it. Mm -hmm. And so we're not just telling y'all we're thriving. We're trauma thriving. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we want everyone to know that surviving is is not it's not conducive to the longevity of our communities. Mm -hmm. And so uniting and coming together and making sure that we're crossing over and we're understanding that thriving is where we are. Surviving is where we were, and thriving is where we want to head. And thriving doesn't work if we're not in community. Right. 
You know, you're going to have to break that trauma thriving down mm-hmm. a little bit more. Well, you know, they like to say trauma informed, right? Okay. Well, I feel like we're trauma thriving because we are still up against the ropes. We are still having okay. the black experience. So we are thriving through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Other people can be trauma informed because they're not in our shoes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. If you are a true ally and you're putting the money in the hands of the people that are actually experiencing it and you're stepping back, there's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. trauma informed. We are trauma thrived. Mm-hmm. And I learned that in Safe Black Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Sure, and I'm learning things from <laughs> Safe Black Space right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God. What would you, how would you, um, what advice or recommendations would you give someone when they're looking for a provider that they need to, how can they make sure that they're aligned? I know a lot of times people will find a provider and don't feel that they have a right to ask questions. Mm. So what what would you say to someone that was looking for a provider to help them to start to gauge whether that's truly a fit and mm. they're aligned with that person that's providing the service? Can I actually answer this a- one? Absolutely. Because I think it is so important that the provider comes in humble mm. and understands that they are a tool. The person is the expert on who they are. Mm. Therapy is a tool. We're not God. We don't tell people how to be them, who to be. We come in as you are you. And this is a practice where we get to uncover who you are in a way that's respectful to your heritage, in a way that's respectful to your family values. And so really empowering our folks to act like you're on an interview. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to just stay listening to someone that is telling you something that's contradictory to how you were raised and who you know you are. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let folks tell you how to be you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That's that's absolutely correct. Yeah. I think um, tuning into your spirit, your gut. We all know, right, when you meet somebody and you like, oh, I'm not feeling any energy, right? Mm-hmm. If I meet anybody that's supposed to be tuning into my well-being and I'm not feeling your energy, I'm not staying in that yes. space. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes when we're working with mental health professionals, right, clinicians, we don't feel comfortable in saying okay, you're supposed to be the expert in front of me, but somehow I'm not feeling you. I need something else, and it is okay for us. Trust your gut and your spirit. And like um, Sis Kai was saying, like, definitely interview. If you need someone that that specializes in this or that can hold space for you in this way, ask them questions. Um, you don't, you don't want to put your wellness, your ability to thrive in anyone's hands, right? right? right. Um, and so I think being able to ask those questions, being able to say this isn't working for me, mm-hmm. um, if you're, there's, there's lots of different ways of seeking, right, providers. Um, so if you're looking in mental health, then definitely interviewing. If you're going private practice route interviewing, ask for a free consultation. Yep. Most clinicians will do a free 15 to 20 minute consultation. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the impact right now, a lot of people are like, okay, I'm just trying to find someone that's taking clients yeah. Um, yeah. or that's mm-hmm. seeing folks and ask, can we do a 15 minute, um, you know, session where I can just meet you where we can get to know each other and see if we're a good fit. And if it doesn't feel right in your gut, keep it pushing, go on, t- on to the next. Yeah. 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 And I wanted to offer that, um, couple practical ideas because some folks are like I don't even know where to start right mm-hmm. maybe I know yeah. I need mm-hmm. some help and support but where do I go or how do I even start and so what I would say is start with someone you trust mm-hmm. right just that conversation I think I want to talk mm-hmm. to somebody I think I need a maybe a little extra support right now and mm-hmm. then that person hopefully can work with you and collaborate with you about then where do you go 
Sometimes that might be our faith leader. Maybe we have a great connection with our minister and we're like, let me just sit down and and maybe they can help us get connected. Or maybe it's our provider. Maybe it's our physician. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's our our healthcare provider. And so that may be an open door to get us connected. Um, Some Mm -hmm. people have health insurance, right? And so um, you might have Kaiser or HealthNet and maybe directed to use folks who are providers from, let's say, a particular list. You can ask for, again, as my colleagues have said, a black provider or a black woman or someone who's LGBT identified or make those requests. What you might hear back is, I'm sorry, we don't have anyone that meets that criteria. Well, guess what? Then you can advocate for, Mm -hmm. okay, let's get some people on this panel Mm -hmm. that can meet those needs, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that intersection of the individual and then the system and and how we can do better with that. Mm -hmm. What I also want to offer is in, in Sacramento County, for example, Uh, behavioral health uh, services, they have a number of clinicians that are identified, I think there's five or six of them, specifically to work with and address African-American providers in Sacramento, excuse me, African-American community members in Sacramento County that may be um, living with uh, black racial stress and trauma. And there's other kind of resources um, in terms of, again, our, our mind body resource list on our website that can give Mm -hmm. providers. There's um, Holding Space, which is a newer nonprofit that's doing work with our community. Mm -hmm. There is on-track program resources and Soul Space, and they're making connections. There's Roberts Family Development Center, Child Legacy, like there's lots of folks Mm -hmm. that are here to help Mm -hmm. us, but we may not know about them or where Mm -hmm. to turn. But again, it can just start with, let me just plant to see with somebody that I might need some help, right? And then Mm -hmm. having that conversation. And then hopefully they, I, we can help you get what it is that you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it all starts with speaking up, with identifying that you need help and not being ashamed to say, I need support. Mm -hmm. I need to talk to somebody Mm -hmm. through this situation or through this, what I'm feeling. Um, But you have to say something. You can't get resources if you don't say anything. Right, right, right. Right. We're going to take a break, family. When we come back, more on Black Mental Health with Safe Black Space. Keep it right here. We'll be right back. This is Full Circle. Empowerment through conversation. That starts with you. Tell us what topics you want to hear. Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. And we're back with Miss Wanda, life coach, motivational speaker, and friend of sisters everywhere. This is Full Circle. Family, welcome back to the program. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a conversation on black mental health. Today, we are talking to licensed marriage and family therapist, Kai Christian, Dr. Marja Hunt, who is a mental health clinician, Safe Black Space board member, and Safe Black Space co-founder and executive director, Dr. Christy Hagens. Before we went to the break, Dr. Christy, there was a quote that you had wanted to circle back to. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you the floor and let you um give us that quote sure yeah we were beginning to have a conversation about um you know taking care of ourselves mm-hmm. and advocating for what we might need and asking for help and i was sharing that one of my mentors colleagues friends um nana or dr dr linda james myers often leads with this african-centered quote which is self-knowledge is the basis of all knowledge Right. So self-knowledge is the basis of all knowledge. And really from an African-centered frame of reference, it's this idea that self is so much bigger than just me, little old me, Christy, right? Mm-hmm. Self is actually my, 
my ancestors, it's all the people that came before me, part of my lineage, it's my community, it's my family, it's nature, it's God, it's my descendants, right? Those who are coming after me. So it's this comprehensive extended sense of self um, with me, right? Little old me in there as well. But that idea that again, self-knowledge is a basis of, of all knowledge. So as we become more and more clear within ourselves, we can then take care of ourselves better and then be able to support those around us. Yeah. yeah. And before we went to the break, we had talked about uh, it was okay to ask for help. But mm -hmm. one of the questions that came up during the break was, how do you know that you need help? Mm. And, and, and um, Dr. Marja, you were explaining about your experience. Yeah, I think uh, tuning into when I heard Dr. Christie say that quote, um, I was just thinking of how all growing up, I never tuned into my body. Um, how is my breathing, right? Somebody asked, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, right? And now I stop and I think, how am I doing? And if it takes me too long, I know I haven't checked in with myself all day. I've been checking in with everyone else. Um, I do struggle with anxiety. I've struggled with it my entire life, and it wasn't until I went to school for this, and I'm like, oh, okay, I really, this is not the norm. This is not a norm. I can do something about this. And I think because we as people um, have it in us to just push through despite and show up for others, again, we don't give ourselves permission to check in with how we're doing. And so maybe when we're not doing our greatest, we think that it's okay. Um, for me, I now know, like, if I'm holding my breath a lot, or if I have really shallow breathing, like, it's hard to take a very deep breath. Okay, there's something going on. I need to tune in. Um, when I'm more irritable, right? Like, <laughs> something is going on. Like, things that don't usually trigger me are now triggering me. Those types of things. Um, if I find myself pulling away from other people, right? So folks might might isolate more. Um, it might impact your sleep, right? If individuals are finding it hard to fall asleep, stay asleep, or if folks are sleeping too much. Um, lots of different ways. Um, what some people might call paranoia, right? Hypervigilance, especially during the rise during COVID um, with being just way more in tune with what's going on around you, right? What What is happening? What is this person doing? Checking in for our own sense of safety, right? So if there's kind of an increase in that, um, a lot of different ways that things can show up that we think this is just the norm, that we don't have to navigate this way. There are things that we can do um, to feel better. Once you get a sense of that feeling better, like, oh, okay, I'm breathing better, then you're like, what was I doing before? Wait a minute, what was, what was this? Um, mm -hmm. I know we talk about it a lot in Safe Black Space in every mm -hmm. single healing circle. We talk about a lot of the signs and symptoms that this isn't, this isn't just baseline. This isn't just us surviving, right? Yeah. This is something that you can do something about. Yeah. I think that that tuning into your body is important because if if you have been living with something a way of being a behavior for so long and you don't know you have to ask those questions talk to someone mm -hmm. so that you can know that this is not the norm yeah. yeah yeah and I also wanted to add if your inner critic is beating yourself up to get through the day come talk to somebody if you have to 
call yourself names to get through the day, if you mm. have to, to, I don't know, if you're using a voice that just doesn't sound like uplifting, mm -hmm. talk to somebody about that. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have to do that anymore. We, we don't have to mm -hmm. allow the things that maybe in childhood was normalized. We don't have to continue it. And so there's spaces where you can actually be around people that are going to lift you up and speak well upon you and really mm -hmm. see who you truly are. Mm -hmm. um, for me, that's like a sign. If you're getting through your day and you have to belittle yourself um, mm -hmm. and you're tired of that, come talk to someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and mm -hmm. people can do that without knowing. They can. It could just be such part of That's who right. they are. Mm -hmm. I, I, it really hurts my heart when I hear someone. I'm talking to a friend or someone, mm -hmm. and they go, "You know, I'm so stupid," or you know, like those kind of mm -hmm. like yeah. you don't even think about yeah. the impact of those words on your on your psyche, especially if you continue to say those things mm -hmm. over and over again. Oh, I'm so dumb. I made that mistake again mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's just, a, it's, it can be as small as that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, you know, what you were saying, Kai is right on. It's like, think about those things that you're saying to yourself. Mm -hmm. How are you thinking about yourself? Are you calling your, what are you saying when you look mm -hmm. in the mirror? Are you like, ah, oh, you know, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. all of those things matter mm -hmm. and we have to pay attention to them absolutely yeah. what you're describing if we were a real technical psychology term right yeah. but we're talking about self-talk yeah. right what are the things mm -hmm. that we are saying to ourselves over and over that impact us and impact our lives in so many different ways and sometimes like kai said it may be programming messaging that we got from our families or yeah. quote-unquote loved ones about us right our size our hair our weight or our skin color, our, our ability to be smart or coming into the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's sometimes messaging that happens that can be overt that we take in. And then there's other things that we internalize that may be much less overt. And I'm talking specifically as black people, right? Mm -hmm. The messaging that we might hear from larger media, from society, mm -hmm. on the news about our value as well. And so we can then internalize that too. Um, and again, not recognize that I'm... Um, geez, I'm hating myself yeah. because of how I'm showing up in the world. Again, for maybe a variety of reasons, but yeah, let's unpack um, and shift up that way of thinking, believing. And again, that's part of our intention with Safe Black Space is like, no, 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 no. Yeah, we are so much better than that. So let us mm -hmm. shift our thinking, our consciousness and be, be more awakened. Yeah. So again, who we are, what we are capable of, where we have come from. One of the things that we talk about is Sankofa. Right, the idea for folks who aren't familiar, but how do you go back and fetch who we really are? Right, the, the image of the bird who's going back to Africa and fetching that egg. Like, let's take the best of who we have always been and bring that into where we are now as we continue to fly and move yeah. forward. Yeah. 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 I, th I think another important way that it shows up, because it definitely has for me, may not even sound like bullying self, right? Because I always say my inner voice should sound like my best friend, right? Mm -hmm. I should be bigging myself up. and Wow, yeah. And also it shows up in, oh, I need to do more, right? So yes. if I have downtime, wait, what's going on? I need to be, Shut okay, up. well, I could be doing this, right? I could be doing <laughs> that. And that is that idea um, that we are not doing enough, that we still have to show up even more than we already are. Very recently, I went to this, there's this thing called brain spotting, um, which is a modality that connects you kind of with your inner child and things like that. And somebody spoke about her experience and having her mom always tell her, you are going to be great. 
and the impact, the negative impact that it had because she always felt like she was striving to grab this mm. thing and had to be perfect. <clears throat> and I came home and realized um, I was, I did the same thing with my daughter all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, you are destined for greatness. You are going to be. When the truth is, you are right now. Mm -hmm. You are every day. You mm -hmm. were the day that you were born. You still right. are. And so I think messaging like that, though well-intended, promotes this idea mm -hmm. that we are constantly striving mm -hmm. for something that is not even attainable at times, right? And that we are not, as Kai said, whole already. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think sometimes even in encouraging each other, we can hold each other back, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, me feeling like I can't take time off work, right? That's not what we do. I have to have great work ethic, right? Sometimes I need to take time off work and say That's no right. and take care of myself. That's right. Yeah. And can yeah. I? And we just vibing off each other. <laughs> I can say it's, again, I want to take it back to some of the influences of us as black people, right? That yeah. women, particularly the, the mules of the world, mm -hmm. right? That slave mentality, like you just work, 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 work. You yeah. have to do that. Mm -hmm. And so there's other things in addition to all that you've, you've shared that I also want us to be paying attention to yeah. in terms of, well, dang, how is this showing up mm -hmm. right? in ways that maybe we hadn't thought about in our lives? And I struggle with that, too. Mm -hmm. Like, can I just sit down for a minute? Yeah. So I'm getting better and better um, about setting limits, saying no, um, setting boundaries, mm -hmm. because if I don't do that, nobody's going to do that for me. Right. I People know. will run all over us mm -hmm. should we allow that. Well, and that's what I was going to ask is that providers, I'm sure that there has to be something, some practice that you put in place personally, because it can be heavy helping other people work through their particular situations and issues. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that for yourself? So Dr. Christie, you said you step away, mm -hmm. you take time. How, how do you all do that? Care for oh. yourselves. Yeah. Because it is a heavy job caring for others in this space. Mm -hmm. It is. I'll just expand a little bit more on what mm -hmm. I said. That um, part of what we have found in doing this work um, and, and having, again, folks on our village team who are clinicians and providing support for other healers is that the healers are needing healing, right? The healers are tired. Mm -hmm. And so it's particularly important, I think, for clinicians, people who are doing community work, activists, to find their formula for what mm -hmm. they need, right? And I think for me, it is, I have noticed a few things. Uh, I, we were talking earlier about getting away to the Sacramento River or to the beach. Mm -hmm. I am a water person. I'm a Sagittarian mm -hmm. too. So I'm like, can I find some water? And so at least if I can, once a quarter, a couple times a year, I will make an intentional weekend trip away. Maybe just me, me and my dog. Um, but to be in silence and separation in nature, to walk, to be by water is just super healing for me. And then there's things kind of I try to do on a day-to-day -day basis, meditating, um, going on walks, at least in the morning and the evening with my dog, um, journaling and writing for me has always been something where I can just release and get things out. Mm -hmm. Surrounding myself with good, high-vibing people, mm -hmm. right? Allowing mm -hmm. those folks who drain me to fall away. Um, and so... So yeah, I, I do community sweat lodges at least once a month or so. I'm really active in my community, my faith community, Unity of Sacramento. And so those are some of the things that I have found really important for me to take care of myself in all the work that I do. Mm -hmm. I'm just very intentional about everything that I do and say. 
Like I set my intention every second of the day. Start Mm -hmm. off with what are my intentions for the day? What do I need from this day? And what don't I need? And so part of my care is safe black space. Part of my care is be love holistic. Part of my care is just being in my body and allowing myself to experience this life with all of the senses that I have intact. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's working walking, getting out in the nature. I too water, you take me around water and I'm just going to mermaid. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Just loving my essence and it's working. And so I know if I can do it, mm-hmm. anybody can do it. You just have to give yourself permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think intention is very important, right? So asking myself, you know, something we say in Safe Black Spaces is good for me, is it good for my people? If I answer no to that, I don't need to be doing it, right? But a lot of times I do things just because, well, that's the way we was raised. That's what I was taught when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, music has always been my escape, whether I'm singing, playing the drums, just listening to music. Music is my escape. Um, For a lot of things, it is very healing for me. Um, And also setting those healthy boundaries. I know that a lot of times when I'm not doing something to help others, I have the thought or the belief that I'm not doing what I should be doing. I'm not doing enough. And so like even with my private practice, I will not see folks, I'm gonna dedicate my weekends to me because I know sometimes in some moments somebody be like, I really need help. And that part of my heart is like, okay, you need to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, No, this is why you set your boundaries, right? So you don't have to feel guilty. If I can't pour from an empty cup, right? Um, so for me, it is setting those boundaries, having an accountability partner. Like if you if you see me scheduling things on these days, mm-hmm. let me know. Like remember why you you left the calendar blank this yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Um, safe black space, definitely seeking my own healing. Um, I have a shaman that I work with that's amazing, doing drum circles. Um, my own, I sit at my altar, so my own spirituality is very healing and helpful. Um, and checking in and recognizing when my anxiety is higher, right? Um, or, you know, different things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's how I that's how I disconnect or um, mm-hmm. refuel myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's and, beautiful. And Miss Wanda, let me turn the tables. How do you take care of yourself, sis? Because this is hard work too that Ooh, you are yeah. doing, right? People just don't understand. Don't I, <laughs> my friends that are really close to me know that uh, Saturdays from about one to four. I my I literally have to take a nap mm-hmm. because this work is so draining. Mm-hmm. And I'm not purposeful like my body will tell me like I'll I usually get a facial facial like once a month and I after the show on Saturdays and I'll be gone. Yes. <laughs> and next thing I'll know she's like uh, okay, we're done. Mm-hmm. I know now I'm very intentional about not scheduling anything between one and four mm-hmm. because my body needs to recharge. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I am very intentional about. Mm-hmm. Water is the main thing. I'm going to L.A. next week. I cannot wait to go sit by the ocean. Mm-hmm. So water for sure. Um, and just a journaling. And I noticed that I noticed this this past week when I didn't journal every morning. I had what I termed as a disruption. Mm. I felt off. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I didn't didn't know why at first. And then I realized, like, I hadn't journaled in, like, three or four days. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's a practice that I do every morning along with prayer and uh, and worship and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I notice when I don't do it, there's something missing. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. those are things that I have to be intentional about mm -hmm. is journaling and making sure I'm checking in with myself, waking I wasn't doing my gratitude practice in the morning, so I do gratitude practice in the morning and things like that. Mm -hmm. Those are things that I use to refuel myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, no one ever asked that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I feel seen. <laughs> see you, Miss Warner. That <laughs> ministries is important. Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. Uh, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to... Um, wrap things up with safe black space keep it right here family we'll be right back after this like what you hear drop us a line at full circle 975 at gmail.com and she's back empowering women one conversation at a time this is full circle with miss wanda <laughs> We're back, family. Thank you so much for staying with the program. See what happens when you just have good people in the place. You know, that's what the, that's what Full Circle is all about, is in advancing conversations that are important to us. And I'm so happy that I was gifted this platform to do this and the gift to be able to have conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, we are talking with our guest, Dr. Marja Hunt, mental health clinician and professor, Kai Christian, clinician and wellness life coach. Coach and Dr. Christy Hagens, community healer and African-centered psychologist, also co-founder of Safe Black Space. In our last moments together, talk about the many pathways to healing. So holistic care versus evidence-based practice and your thoughts around that. I, We're looking guess, at each other. I guess I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely am a fan of holistic first. However, I do recognize that there is a time and a place for any modality if it fits who you are. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely believe as I am being trained to be an EFT clinician, um, emotionally focused couples therapist, that I get to bring me to EFT. Mm -hmm. I get to bring my beliefs to EFT. I get to bring my heritage to EFT and I make it better. Um, so evidence-based is what it is. Um, it's not always based and rooted in our culture, mm -hmm. and we know that. Um, and I know for me personally, I, I take what I need to do, and I think of myself as um, a filter, and I filter the things that work for my community, and I don't use the things that don't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Evidence-based, okay, so holistic care would be more like the community organization, like Safe Black Space and things like that. Is that... Am I understanding that correctly? Or kind of sort of. Kind of. Okay. You want to say more kind, then I'll hop in. Yeah. So holistic is more like yourself, right? Not just your community, but uh, what are the natural remedies? Okay. What are um, natural like herbs, different things that yeah. you can do? And then evidence-based is more um, Western. Um, it's more research-based that okay. doesn't always encompass African-Americans or Pan-African understandings or cultures. Um, and so sometimes using them with our communities, it doesn't work. Most of the time it doesn't work, to be honest. Yeah. And so for me, I want to make sure that I know it. So if something does work, I can kind of transform it a little bit mm -hmm. and allow my client to say, this works for me or this don't work for me. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. And I would just add that um, when we think about holistic care, it's what Kai said, but Typically thinking like our mind, body, spirit, community, resourceless, that is holistic care, right? We're looking at all aspects of people and what their needs might be. And then again, identifying what's the, the best path or paths, right, that might meet their needs. So again, it might be through herbs, it might be through meditation, it might mm -hmm. be through physical activity, it might be through working with the shaman, it might be through, 
you know, working with a physical trainer, my, you know, so there's lots of different ways that someone can find healing. And when we think about, for example, the work that Safe Black Space does, I was describing earlier, like, we're not therapy, you know, per se, but we're a healing kind of modality in its own way. And uh, we describe ourselves, and there's, you know, research that talks about community-defined evidence practices. And the idea with evidence-based practices, or EBPs, is that, again, there's a strict and stringent kind of research process, this gold standard. You have to do comparison studies between people who might get the treatment and people who don't. It can take five, ten years um, for a evidence-based practice to actually become official, right? Mm -hmm. Versus a community-defined evidence practice is like, okay, what are things that within a community that maybe have happened for hundreds of years that we know that we continue to do that works or what are practices that a particular organization like Safe Black Space is doing that the community is saying, this works, right? We haven't done the 10-year study and the comparisons, but we, what we do know from the feedback that we receive from the results in terms of um, some of the qualitative reports that we have, um, that it is working, right? And so, um, again, our work, I would say, is more community-defined evidence practice um, based on uh, what we know works. I met with someone a while ago, and they're like, I am the evidence, right? Oh, like, why are we going to go do something else? Like, right. I am the freaking evidence-based <laughs> practice right here. So, um, so I'll close with that. And I want to turn it over to Dr. Marja because I want her to expand a little bit more on what she was sharing about the, the brother who showed up at your group talking about being uh, diagnosed as paranoid, mm-hmm. right? And the, the treatment that evidence practice how they might have assessed or treated him in a way that was inappropriate right and so I think I mean something that Kai said in bringing sometimes we have to navigate systems for me as a clinician Mm -hmm. I navigate systems that don't always honor us um, but we still need us in those systems Um, and so like within one of the healthcare, I work at a health care system and I do a black racial stress and trauma group, right? And so as soon as I started, I said, this is something that I'm gonna wanna do for us because the health, a lot of healthcare systems don't offer things for us. Um, and so I created black racial stress and trauma group where we can process and talk about your experience with your clinician, how you advocate for a different clinician, mm-hmm. We talk about the diagnosis that maybe don't feel quite right to you or your experience of getting that diagnosis and the impact that it has, how important is having this diagnosis. And sometimes if you have folks that are not culturally connected or haven't done their own work, they see things through certain lenses that haven't been created, including us as the evidence, right? And so um, they might a lot of what we're supposed to do is evidence-based practice. If I'm working with someone and they talk about, yeah, my grandmother came and talked to me yesterday, right, and their grandmother has passed, I know what that is. Evidence-based practice might say, Western medicine might say, Mm -hmm. oh, this person is schizophrenic, Mm -hmm. right, suffering from schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. I know that this is a way that we communicate with our ancestors, right, Mm -hmm. and so I am gonna take that into account and explore that more. How is this helpful for you? Or another individual might say, "Mm, this person hears and or sees things that other people Mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just making sure that whoever you are working with is exploring and asking about your culture because how can you know what is good for me if you don't know who I am, how I identify what works for me? Um, And so sometimes we do navigate these systems 
that are not the best or created with us in mind and we have to go in and okay I'm going to utilize this so a lot of times I will use narrative therapy that is a modality that is very affirming to us to black folks and it is now evidence-based um, I will use brain spotting which is a way of dealing with trauma um, not quite evidence-based but it's seen um, likely because it was created by somebody that's not a person of color mm. um, and so it's a little bit more accepted um, and so connecting with things that are honoring to our culture um, or being able to leave behind those aspects that that don't work for us um, within that practice and so yeah I think just being mindful if you are dealing with a structure um, that that is based around systemic racism right that if you are hearing something that doesn't align or someone's telling you that your way of healing is not good um, and it is good for you and you know in your core that it is good for you, challenging that. Um, all experts are not, and no one is the expert on your life um, yeah. except for you, so yeah. 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 That's very true. I, I wanna tie in the foundation of Safe Black Space um, it's kind of built on the work from Dr. Linda. Dr. Linda James Myers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And can you expand more on that and then talk about the book study, the one that you did and then the one that's coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Would be um, pleased, happy to talk about that. So Dr. Linda James Myers, I said the quote that I've heard her mention many times before, which is around self-knowledge is the basis of all knowledge. She is the previous president of the Association of Black Psychologists and a, a pivotal kind of member related to African-centered psychology. And so uh, much of the work that we do with Safe Black Space is based on kind of the foundational concepts of, of her work in addition to other African-centered psychologists. And so um, I actually did my thesis, my master's thesis and my dissertation in connection with her and continue to stay connected. So. All that to say, um, she talks about um, kind of African-centered optimal psychology. We had an opportunity to do a book study with her uh, over this past year, um, and it was pretty phenomenal. I um, I'm going to ask Kyra in a moment to name that book because I've lost the reference in front of me in the moment. But we're really excited to have another opportunity to do another book study group with with Nana Linda, as we call her, you know, in in, in love. Um, and we're gonna start in August. It's gonna be third Thursdays from six to 7 p.m. Pacific time. And she's got a book that's called Our Health Matters. It's a guide to African-American and indigenous um, psychology. It's a cultural model for creating a climate of optimal health. So it's gonna talk about, we're gonna meet over a few months and break it down so you don't have to read the whole book at once. Um, and have more, we'll have more details uh, later in the summer but um, we'll talk about, right? Our model for health, our, matter, our health matters as black people, um, some principles and concepts related to, to gaining health, and then um, strategies and practices for how to actually apply it. So we want the whole community, anybody actually who wants to participate to be a part of that book study if they're so interested. And then what we do um, as the village folks who are aligned with Safe Black Spaces, then we're taking that information and applying it, right, into the circles and to all the work that we're doing. So pretty cool. I think Kai is going to mention our previous 
a book study and yeah so I just want to let everyone know like the first book study was so amazing when it first started we had about 50 participants and you can just come as you are um a lot of people didn't have the book, didn't do the reading, but they still were able to sit and absorb the knowledge. And so really it is a family setting and you get to come and be a part of it. And so the first book was Understanding the Afrocentric Worldview. And it was an introduction to an optimal psychology. And it's amazing. It really starts with self, understanding self, loving self, and translating into who we are in the community. Yeah, and so is it, you said it's a it's open to anyone, so you mm-hmm. don't have to be in the field of psychology, right? Right to uh, to be part of the book club. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And in fact, we invite any and all community members to to join, right? Because it's again written at a level that is really meant for us to digest. The author herself will kind of be present and will lead us through some discussions around it. So it's it's a pretty cool opportunity, and I I know I will be there um, because yeah, just to sit at her feet and to learn is is pretty phenomenal. The other thing I want to offer, too, is just to clarify, with with what Safe Black Space provides, our, our kind of main um, service is community healing circles. And I shared every second Saturday online, 3 to 4.30, is you can just Google us and find out, right? But those are specifically for us, by us, black community members, people who identify as being of African ancestry, where we can do our work, heal, communicate, connect, laugh, all that stuff. There's some other activities that we offer that are open to the general public where you don't have to be black identified. Our Kwanzaa Katoa, and I think Dr. Marja is going to talk a little bit about that in a moment. And then our book study groups and some other like outreach events and things that we do. But this is an opportunity, and, and what did happen in our last version is we had a few folks who weren't black identified, who were there, who learned, right? And so that's the other um, benefit is it's, it's for us, it's focused on us, it's our learning. And yet other people who might want to be our allies or learn more about this work have an opportunity to learn that too and then take it back into their spheres of influence. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to add that our guests are very respectful. They understand that we are learning as a community. And so I have always understood that we get this information and it ripples, Mm -hmm. the changes ripple. So we want people to come and understand how to treat us, how to um, love us in a different way as we're loving ourselves in a different way. Yeah, Dr. Christy, you were here for uh, talking about the Kwanzaa Katoa mm-hmm. celebration. Yeah, that's right. I think Marja was out of town. And so yeah. we had um, another, Jaisha yeah, and I yeah. were here. So, yeah. But Marja can break it down a little bit more. Yeah, so um, Safe Black Space, we started something um, in celebration of Kwanzaa. You know, that's um, that I'm very passionate about Kwanzaa. So when I join Safe Black Space, I'm like, okay, we, what are we going to do for Kwanzaa? Um, and so Kutoa in Swahili means give, to give. Um, and so every year what we do is we open it up for folks to self-nominate or nominate other, other people um, that could use a little something extra, right? Um, and we select seven different individuals and or families um, to be able to honor and we have a whole celebration and where um, we celebrate um, Kwanzaa community our blackness um, and honoring that and just giving back and helping folks that that may need a little something extra and we talk about Kwanzaa and 
we let them know how they can celebrate mm -hmm. and all of those things. And it's really a beautiful, it's grown into a huge and beautiful event every year. It's yeah. every January 1st. Mm -hmm. The event is, mm -hmm. but you do nominations uh, early December, early late December. November. Mm -hmm. Late November, December. early December. Yeah. Most of the time it's January 1st. The day fluctuates because mm -hmm. Kwanzaa runs from December 26th to January 1st. So we try to get it in one of those days. Um, and But we're celebrating and talking about each day of Kwanzaa mm -hmm. and then honoring us um, and the community. So, yeah. If you're interested, definitely go to the website, safeblackspace.org, mm -hmm. um, in order to nominate yourself or someone else or another family. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll definitely start promoting that probably in November. I'm, I'm, we would love to self-invite ourselves back to your, your show <laughs> <laughs> so that we can promote that. Yeah. And then just to, to add to what um, Dr. Barja has shared, that we identify seven folks based on the seven principles of Kwanzaa, mm -hmm. right? And so people mm -hmm. are asked to... Again, nominate folks based on how they might align with a value like purpose or a value like faith or, right? And mm -hmm. so, um, so anyway, it's a pretty cool event. Yeah. We eat yeah. and we dance and we laugh we and we have drum. And connect with our ancestors. We and do it all. Just honoring, empowering, uplifting, and mm -hmm. looking at ways that we can continue to thrive throughout the year. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then those families are, are honored, right? Mm -hmm. They get a financial gift. They get a Kwanzaa kind of kit. They get other kind of sometimes monetary or gifts for their children. Like we've been able to give out bikes and toys and food. And mm -hmm. so it's, um, it feels really good. Yeah. And I think we're, we're interested in expanding our kutoas, mm -hmm. right? This is Kwanzaa kutoa, um, but also integrating other opportunities to give uh, to community yeah. as we grow. Yeah. 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 How can we support as the community? How can we mm -hmm. support Safe Black Space? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Mm -hmm. One is, um, again, if you are black identified and you haven't checked out one of our circles, come, right? Uh, we were kind of joking and debriefing our last circle online, and um, there's a new staff member that's joined us, and she was like, oh, my gosh, now I know what you're talking about, right, as I've been just trying to get her on board with supporting the organization. And she's like, I got it, right, what you were explaining and saying, what we've shared, I'm sure, on air today. But there's a different experience when you are in community with us and have that. So if that fits your bill, check us out, second Saturday, um, 3 to 4.30. I'm going to... Bring this in. It's not so much around support, but just another offering that we do. I want to make sure community knows about is a Safe Black Space, along with yours, mine, ours, Be Love Holistic, the Brick House. There's about maybe six other organizations, local organizations here in Sacramento, that are doing an African Unity Drum Circle every second Sunday. Um, from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. And so that is another wonderful healing space where, again, we're bringing in various community members and organizations together uh, to heal. And um, so, again, you can find information on our website about that and th those meetings. But so people can show up. People are more than welcome. We'd love any uh, fiscal donation someone might want to make. Uh, welcome to go to our website and provide that. If maybe your organization and you have an in-kind donation, maybe there's a venue or there's copying or supplies or support as we're talking about revamping our website or building, you know, our resource list. Mm -hmm. If folks have other like practical skill base that they could support us with, we would welcome that too. Um, and then as we are continuing to grow and expand, if folks are interested in, in becoming trained as a facilitator in our circles, with joining our volunteer village in other ways, um, 
New York and welcome, please contact us. Contact us. Go to our website at safeblackspace.org. You can contact us through that. And let us know about your interest. Um, again, we our volunteers, our village is primarily folks of African ancestry in terms of you know forward direction and on the ground. And yet if there's other folks from other communities that want to be involved, we can talk about ways that you might be able to still support our efforts. So I'll close with that. Y'all have other things? Yeah. I think I just want to highlight that just showing up is supporting our efforts because as I am well and better, my community is well and better. And like we stated when we first started that we get healing too, right? And so when folks show up and show share their story and I see community and I feel empowered, that is making me better. Um, and if I'm better, my family's better, right? The kids, our community, everything is better. And so for those folks that just can show up, that just wanna show up, they are also greatly contributing to supporting Safe Black Space and just making us better in our ability to thrive. Yeah. yeah. And I was gonna say, sometimes we focus on black as a community instead of the abundance. Safe Black Space is the abundance that's here. So if you connect with us, then you will connect with so many different organizations and know that there are some major moves happening in 916. So mm -hmm. figure it out. Come see us. <laughs> Seriously, like I feel like people like to complain about what's not here versus see what's actually happening. Um, and there's a lot of beautiful things happening in the city around mental health mm -hmm. and just radical self-acceptance and love for our culture. And I hope I see y'all at the Juneteenth thing because it it's popping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's um, close out with talking a little bit more about your practice and how people can find you and work with you individually. So I'll start by acknowledging I am not currently seeing clients or I don't have a practice um, that I am engaging in. This is Dr. Christie. I do do quite a bit like consulting and training and workshops around these issues and with mental health providers and universities and so forth. But in terms of individual therapy or group counseling, that's not something I'm providing right now. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm just going to throw this out. You're like the community voice. Every time I see mm -hmm. the local TV stations <laughs> that need uh, an expert opinion, mm -hmm. I, I always see you there. And yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing to have someone that they know mm -hmm. is credible, that is doing the work in the community, and that they can rely on that you, they know that you're going to give yeah. good, solid information. Mm -hmm. So I just want, because I just saw you on something recently. I think about reparations yeah. recently. So mm -hmm. yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge you on billboards, you on TV. <laughs> Man, go ahead, Dr. Right. Christie. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be able to be a voice. Yeah. And you can find me at StrongerTogetherCounseling.com um, and also EFTLA. Okay. Your name? Oh, right. Kyra Christian, Kai. <laughs> um, so well, before you do that, yeah. though, Kai, talk about who you work with so people know, oh, I can, she's okay, somebody so, I can tap so into. So right now I'm um, working with uh, Michelle Loika at Stronger Together Counseling. It's a group practice, and I'm also doing a little bit of contracting with MAN, uh, Mutual Assistance Network, um, and just with the Black Infant Health, uh, just wonderful people, wonderful mothers. And then lastly, I'm working with EFT LA and EFT Georgia. 
Okay, but um, couples, families. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Yes, no, okay. couples, families. I do it all. Okay. I know in our field they say you're supposed to be specific. Yeah, yeah. But we need us to be absolutely to multitask, and so whatever comes my way that sticks and that feels like I'm a good fit, I'm gonna take it. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's Kai Christian, y'all. Mm-hmm. All right. So for me, um, my practice is called Essence of Healing, um, eohtherapy.com, also eohtherapy on Instagram. Um, Primarily, I work with partnerships, relationships around love, love of self, love of each other, um, and also dealing with trauma. So I'm um, a brain spotting clinician. So I do a lot of brain spotting, which is connecting with folks that have experienced trauma or just are stuck in different areas of their lives. Um, And anything around sexuality, challenges, identity, things, um, but yeah, that's where you can find it. You were talking about a whole sexology uh, mm-hmm. workshop or something, weren't you? Is that what you were mentioning? Or you were trying to have a workshop? Or yeah, you do I would like to continue. Or? Yeah, so currently I do um, relationship. I do lots of different workshops around cultural humility and sexuality. Um, sex-based stuff. I would like to do more of retreats, couples retreats, um, as I work on my own goals and shifting out of um, healthcare and just more into the stuff that I love um, because I love relationship mm-hmm. work. It mm-hmm. is a way that we connect and being able to, again, love ourselves and each other and connect with other people. And yeah. so, yeah. And yeah. that, um, again, I'm not trying to harp on the sexuality aspect, but I am because it's conversations that we need to have mm-hmm. because we have, well, just speaking for myself, have grown up with a lot of shame around the topic and things yes. like that. And I wouldn't say people in my generation and maybe older um, have grown up a, with a lot of shame about even discussing the topic or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to make sure yeah. to, to, to highlight that because yeah. I think it's an important conversation yeah. that, that we need to have. And people need to know that there are resources out yes. there for them to deal with this specific area. Mm-hmm. Yes, especially yeah. for us. If that is an area that you are struggling in as a black woman, I'm very comfortable talking about all of the various aspects of it, um, whether individually and pleasuring yourself or with someone else and how to connect with folks in that way, how to improve that way, communication around it, because a lot of times we don't talk about it, we just do what we think, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so being able to explore that more openly, more honoring, um, and just in a way that contributes to being able to thrive and wellness, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ms. Wanda, well, might yes. I recommend that would be a great conversation for Full Circle After Dark. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we definitely right. going to have to get that going, Full mm-hmm. Circle After There's a couple yeah. of conversations I've been wanting to have yeah. uh, around different topics mm-hmm. that might not be appropriate for a Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're doing it, family. What a wonderful conversation today. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I have. Uh, black mental health is something that, you know, I'm passionate about. Everyone in this room is passionate about. And having those conversations is really important. However, you need to have the conversation. And if you don't know how to start the conversation, maybe with your family members or friends, Find resources like Safe Black Space that will help you to be able to start to identify and define what that looks like for you. Don't forget Safe Black Space's community healing circles happens every second Saturday virtually. So online in the comfort of your own home from 3 to 4.30 p.m. You can go to safeblackspace.org for more details. Follow them on social media at Safe Black Space on all social media platforms. Don't forget to family. 
you can participate. And self-knowledge is the basis of all knowledge. And the what two things I walk I'm walking away this con- from mm. this conversation with. Self-knowledge is the basis of all knowledge. And I am the evidence. I love that. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we're doing it, family. Don't forget, follow Miss Wanda's Full Circle Radio on your favorite podcasting platforms. If you have a show topic or if you want to sponsor the show, reach out to me at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. That's how we're doing it, family. Show love to everyone you meet. Mm. And I'll see you next week. Peace. This has been Full Circle. Follow our Facebook page at Full Circle. 97.5.